0: Wow, thank you for taking a moment to listen to the Nova Church podcast. Our goal is to create a place where anybody can encounter God. If you want to share your story with us about how Nova Church has helped you in any way, or if you want to support the ministry financially so we can keep sharing messages like this one, please donate at novachurch.tv. Thank you once again for spending a few minutes with us. Our prayers that you will be encouraged and inspired by today's podcast. How you guys doing? You doing good? You doing good? How many guys like the aisles? We got aisles? Gosh dang it, we got a flat floor. The Lord reigns. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, I I approach you today with the most humility and the most honor and the most respect. And I just want to share an announcement uh, with you. That's something that's been stirring in me for a while, but has come to manifestation in the last couple weeks. And uh, about two weeks ago, uh, Mark Estes, my pastor, my mentor, um, sent out a text to about 10 leaders, 10 church leaders. And he said, hey, we have a a job opening and it's it's youth pastor position. And and, um, if you know of anybody, let me know. And I texted him, I said, I don't know anybody. I, I can't think of anybody. About three, four minutes after that, just began to sweat and heart rate went up and this voice in my head, why not you? And uh, I was like, Can, should, my, should I list them, Lord? You serious? I got a lot of why nots. Um, but I sent him a text and said, this could be inappropriate. This could be wrong. Uh, this could be immature, but I want to put my name on the table. For you guys to discuss, there are about 15 other uh, men my age, and uh, through their their teams, and um, it's a lot of men of God. uh, My name stayed at the top of the list. And uh, last Thursday, not three days ago, Thursday, last Thursday, they offered me and my wife a job, and we took it. Um, So, what does that mean? What does that mean for? me and uh, my wife, and what does that mean for Nova Church, what does it mean for you and your family and your growth and your follow of Jesus, and uh, how do we, how should we handle this as believers? First of all, what I want to say is you'll always be family to me, always, always. No one will be able to remove you from my mind. You guys are the ones that I could say some crazy stuff in the microphone to and you'd say amen. Those days are over for me, okay? Um, we're We're still family. We're still friends. I'm still gonna see you. I'm still gonna stalk you on Facebook. Make sure you're still loving Jesus and being nice to people. And I'm gonna do my best to help every single one of you make this transition without losing the momentum you have in your follow of Jesus. Okay? I make that promise to you. And uh, I have a word for a a moment like this. Uh, But real quick about Nova Church. Uh, This will transition into a city Bible Church microsite. Um, so that means you'll have a place to go where we'll all still gather. And we'll, we'll talk and we'll hang out and we'll watch a sermon and talk to each other. It'll be like a small group. It'll feel closer, a little more intimate, high connection atmosphere is what it's going to feel like. Um, so you don't got to run away quick. And I pray that you don't run away quick. I pray that we can enjoy this month together, worshiping together looking at God's word together, I'll I'll make this promise to you. I'm going to preach my guts out for the next couple weeks. I got five decades worth of sermons. I got to cram into three weeks. So I'm hooking you up to a fire hose. I'm going to give you a spiritual six-pack, even though I don't have a real one. Um, But I just want to lay my heart before you in the next couple weeks. And uh, I know there's a lot of questions. I know there's a lot of how, why, who, when, where's. But before we start trying to answer all those, I just want to have a moment with you today and help you with this and the journey I've had to go on um, in, in the last couple days, last couple weeks, and how to handle, how do you handle a stomach ache word from God? How do you handle this? Um, I feel like God's given me some things to share with you that'll help you process through this amen you with me you guys know i love you with all my heart you know i wouldn't do this if it wasn't god and maddie and i just feel like we're called to submit to that house and give our time energy and effort to the vision of that house man, I wish it happened three years ago, and man, I wish it happened five years ago, but it didn't. And uh, we're here today in this moment, and I'm going to do the best I can to pastor you today with these new emotions that you've just had in the last five minutes and these new thoughts. Are you okay? you with me? So let's go to the book of Luke. The book of Luke And uh, how many of you believe Jesus is bigger than this? I'm scared just as much as you are. Let's just say that. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. We'll read uh, 12 verses. We'll read this. It says, In the sixth month, of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of the king. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. I just want to let you know the Lord's with you today. He's not just with me. He's with you. And he's, all, he's prepared you for this moment. You can do this. Confused and disturbed. If you want to underline that. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. and You will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of God of the Most High and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever and his kingdom will never end Mary asked the angel and we might be asking ourselves this today how can this happen how in the world could God let this happen because she was a virgin the angel replied the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Come on now, help me preach. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel whew, left. I want to title my sermon this morning, "The Plan Has Changed." The plan has changed. And a lot of us like Mary, if you go to verse 29, she was in the presence of change. And the Bible says she was confused and disturbed she was confused and disturbed i would say that would be an accurate description of nova church today confused and disturbed but we see this wrap up with her response verse 38 i am the lord's servant may everything you have said about me come true come on in here bro where you going Oh, what's up, buddy? And you? Are there more? Yeah, give it up for them. Come on. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's awesome. We were in a heavy moment too. Okay. Someone catch him up on the last five minutes. That could be intense. Um. How do we go from? Confused and disturbed, that's a reaction, it's in the moment, it's, it's tense, it's frustrating and disturbed. I'm confused to, I may not understand this, but I am ultimately a servant of God. How do we move from point A, confused and disturbed, to point B, a servant of God. I'm going to try and teach you um, something on how to walk with God because how many of you have found out in your life that God changes the plans? He changes the plans. And uh, in my short life, I have learned that God changes the plans every time. There's never been a time Where my plan was the plan. And he changes the plan. Can I pray really quick? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your grace, for your word. I pray that you would help us digest this. I pray that you would help us absorb it. Lord, I pray that we, if we were to sit around Mary, what would she say? How would she go? You know what? My plan's changed. Here's what to expect Father, I pray that we would lean into that element of the story today. Lord, help us, Lord, to respond in a healthy way. Lord, we just submit to you. The song we were just singing is I surrender. And Father, today we love you, we worship you. Lord, if it's a first, if it's someone's first time today, I pray that you would give them extra wisdom, extra grace today to understand this and uh I pray that we would catch them and pray for them and love on them. In Jesus' name, thank you for Boise State. Amen. Amen. How many of you are uh, planners? You're planners. You are OCD planners. Keep your hand up. I want to I see you. Notice a lot of them are up front because they planned to be in church. OCD controlling planners. I'm a planner. I'm a planner. You can't be a pastor and not be a planner. Uh, I don't think you can be a husband and not be a planner. Uh, Maybe that's why you're still single, bro. But uh, you got to be a planner. You have to be a planner. And um, what I have learned is that God changes my plans and um it's frustrating and what i want to teach you how to interpret a change of plans because here's what i know if mary would have said listen um this is pretty brutal because i'm a virgin how am i supposed to tell my husband to be joseph that i uh haven't slept with anybody that's a little that's that's brutal that's frustrating Uh, very uh, not nice for God to do. Don't you wish God would check your calendar and your emotional itinerary before He told you something? But He doesn't. And uh, one thing that I've learned is that I have to create margin with God. I have to create blank space With God, What does that mean? It means that when God gives me a word, it's like a blank canvas, and I begin to paint, but I don't fill in the whole picture. Why? Because at the end of the day, God's the main artist of his own word. And so if he gives me a word and I just paint away and I fill my ideas and my agendas and my purposes and my plans on this blank canvas called my follow of Jesus... He will paint over what I painted, and it will be harder for me to agree with the artist because I feel like I'm the artist. Does that make sense? So I want to teach you just some points. It's, it's not a lot. It's just a... I don't make any promises, but... I want to teach you how to create margin in your life. Because if you don't create margin... You will fulfill your plan, but you'll miss God's purpose. See, if Mary would have taken that situation into her own hands, Lord, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to have an abortion. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to run away. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to disappear. That would have been missing out on God's purpose. So she had to say, okay, I... I'm going to transition from confused and disturbed to, you know what? I am a servant. And that's what God put me on this earth to do, is serve and help and lead people to Jesus. So I just want to give you a few, a few points. I, uh, in high school, um, I was on the video team. And uh, we got to make funny videos and make the whole school laugh. Everyone would make, you know, do things to other students. I was like, let's go after the teachers, right? Like, and so what we would do, I mean, not one of them will be my friend on Facebook, probably because of what I'm about to explain to you. Uh, What we do is we would hide cameras um, in their offices. And then we would um, hide in their office, teacher's lounge, um, in their classroom. No one's there. We'd get teachers to let us in the building early, the SRO. I never like drank or smoked pot. So he was like, Trent, do whatever you want, right? So I could like, it was awesome. So uh, I, I had like all this privilege. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to use it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make these teachers look funny. So what I would do is we would hide cameras and we would like pop out of corners and just scream. And they'd be like, ah, right? Like natural reaction. But what we would do is we would slow down the video feed. So it was like, Ugh! like, that's what it was like. And it was like, you, you look like an elephant, but you're, you know, like 150 pound teacher, you know, <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, But a teacher, we, we surprised her. And she was like, did it ever dawn on you that some people don't like surprises? And I was like, I'm a 16 year old guy. You think I really thought about that? You know? But it dawned on me that God's people don't like surprises because we confuse God's plans or God's word or God's plans as promises. But He only gives us one step. Why would God do that to us? I think it's because he thinks he's God, but I also think it's because we as followers of Jesus sometimes are directionally impaired. If he gives us, some of us are still struggling to take the one step of loving people. But after that, there's another one and another one, another one. And so and so what, what God does, he goes, you know what, I'm just going to give you one. And until you can handle one, I'll give you One more. And when you get that one, I'll give you one more. Because if he laid out, I wish, you know, Mary was probably like, man, I wish you could have told me this a while ago. I could have prepared my capacity. I could have prepared my heart. I could have, I don't know, braced for impact, so to speak. But God is a God of surprises. And he'll only give us one step at a time. And so how do we handle this. How do we interpret that? How do we not get mad at God? How do we not get mad at Jesus? How do we not get mad at the church? How do we not want to kill Trent? What do we do to work through a change of plans and stay full of faith, full of momentum, and good attitude? How do we do this? I'm going to give you a few points. Number one, plan for interruption. Plan for interruption. How many of you have planned a vacation and it didn't go quite as planned? But when the interruption comes, it's like, we're on vacation, right? We all do this at Christmas, right? Like, we could be in traffic for an hour and a half. We're like, hey, it's Christmas, you know? But then as soon as God changes our plan, we're like, I'm out, you know? Why can't we go, this is God? Plan For an interruption. Mary, I know you were planning your wedding. Mary, I know that you just got done doing your wedding registry at, uh, I don't know, Bed Bath and Beyond, and now you got to go to some baby store and do your baby registry. I know that I interrupted your plan. I know that you have to now convince your family and your friends that you didn't sleep with someone when you weren't supposed to. I know that uh, I interrupted you and, and changed your world, but this is the purpose. Of God. I think if Mary were here today sitting on stage, she would go, plan for interruption. I think she would also say, plan for inconvenience. Plan for inconvenience. If you look at the book of Luke, this first chapter, it could actually be a case study on poor planning. Like, God, really? Why would you plan to have your baby born in a barn? Why would you plan on having your baby born where horses drink? Why wouldn't you plan on having your baby born in a palace where wise men and princes and princesses and rulers and government officials can come and worship this baby? Why would you have shepherds who were like the lowliest of the low, why would you have them be the ones worshiping? Why would you have them be the ones come and give glory to this baby? Don't you think this is kind of inconvenient for the king of the world? inconvenient for Mary having to have a child in a barn. We look around and we see doctors and we see these machines that keep us alive. She looked around and was like, there's a cow, you know, like very inconvenient. But if we plan for inconvenience, when God changes the plan, we can move where he moves. But if we Plan for it to be, this leads me right to the next one, um, plan for imperfection. If the plan has to be perfect, and if if the plan goes according to plan, do we need God? If the plan always went how we wanted the plan to go, we don't need God. So let's plan for imperfection. What gets said, what doesn't get said. Where people go, where people don't go. Good attitudes, bad attitudes. Emotion on Sunday, emotion on Tuesday. Let's just plan on imperfection in this next season. Let's just plan on being real and authentic, and that means we're going to have to be different from a lot of churches and be imperfect. And a lot of other churchgoers who are, we're imperfect. They're perfect, but we're imperfect, right? And so we have to plan. We have to create margin because if the only thing we hold on to is my plan, I will miss God's purpose every time. Next one is plan for impossibility. Plan for impossibility. Lord, my, my sister is, is barren. She, she can't, Elizabeth, she, she can't have a baby. Well, guess what? She's six months pregnant. I thought that was impossible. Hey, uh, angel, how am I supposed to tell my husband I'm a virgin? I don't believe you. That's impossible. Plan for impossibility. And I, I want to say plan for impossibility in your world. Plan for the things you never believed that you could have. I think you'll have it sooner than you think. I think you'll be able to walk in such a way where you will begin to see the things you've always wanted to see come to life. But we have to plan for the impossible. Amen? Jeremiah 29, 11 is the famous verse all Christians go to when they don't get their way. And it says this, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. There's a lot of good words in there, man, that we can preach from. Christians like the words plan. They like the word good. They like the word not for disaster. Um, They like the word future and they like the word hope. And as I begin to look at this verse, I said, where's the key word? I need the key to the word so I can have a key to the verse so I can apply this verse to my life. And the key to this, this verse, you have to rewind one more verse to find the context to the people God's talking to. So, Jeremiah 29.10, let's read this. No preachers preach this. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. These are the children of Israel. That means they're going to be in slavery. They're going to be held captive in Babylon for 70 years. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. So that kind of gives us a picture of the state of the people that God's speaking to. Let's go back to Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the plans. They're sitting there going, I don't have plans. I'm, I'm a slave. I'm captive. I'm stuck. I, I don't have the ability to make a plan. I don't have the ability to dream. I don't have the ability to do anything. I, I, I don't have a plan, so that doesn't help me. Um, and there are plans for good. Well, right now, God, I'm a slave. I'm held captive. This isn't good. I can't think of anything good because for the next 70 years, it's not good. Uh, so it, that can't be the key word. Good can't be the key word. Uh, give you a future. Well, I don't necessarily have a future. My future is slavery. My future's captivity. My future is being stuck. My future is uh, being here and being told what to do the rest of my life. So that can't be the key word. Uh, hope, I don't think hope is the key word, because when you're held captive and you're enslaved, you don't have a ton of hope. Let's just be honest. You're hopeless. So where's the key word in this phrase? By reading the verse before, we understand that they're in captivity, so all these good words that make crowds say amen don't help us today. The key word in this verse is I. I, God, is strictly communicating. He is the only one that knows the plan. He is the only one that knows all the steps of all his people. He's communicating, you don't know the plan. I know the plan. And I reveal my plan to you step by step by step. And either the step you're on right now will either make you or break you. And the step you're on right now will give you the tools you need to take the next step. This is where faith comes in. This is where trusting that God knows where you are and that he will see you through it comes in. This is who God is. It's how he's building his church is step by step by step. I'll share this next week, but God is simultaneously doing two things. One, building his church, and two, advancing or growing his people. When you and me grow, the church grows. How do we grow? We grow by responding like Mary. We qualify for the next step when we say, I am confused, I am disturbed, But God, I am a servant, and I will do what you tell me to do. For you Bible studiers, I want you to go to the book of Matthew. I want to show you something that might help you process this a little bit. Troy, if you could come back up. Just don't play too good, because I can't cry. Okay, so play kind of good, just not real good. (laughs) So at the beginning of the book of Matthew, you you see all these names in chapter one. You see all these names? I don't have it on the screen, I apologize. This kind of hit me this morning because, you know, you don't sleep when you have to tell the people you love stuff like this. You see these words. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah. Perez was the father of Hezron. I'm not going to read them all, but you can see the flow. You can see all these names. You can see all these fathers. You can see all these pillars. Fourteen generations from Abraham to David. Fourteen generations from David to Jesus. Every time you see a new name, it is symbolic of a new plan. Every time. Hey Abraham, what I want you to do is I want you to make a yearly sacrifice. You've done this your whole entire life, but this time there's a change of plans. I want you to offer your son, Isaac. God, that's a change of plans. Then he gets him up there. Son, this is what we gotta do. We're servants, we're submitting to the plan. Why? So we can catch a purpose. And as he was right in that place where he thought the step of obedience was going to kill something he loved god provided something he provided a purpose he the big why was provided hey moses i know you were born um not of egyptian favor and your mom you know there was a change of plans she she was supposed to take care of you and nurture you and grow you and help you come become this man of god the god the man that god always designed you to be but she had to put you in a basket there's been a change of plans and now you're going to be in the favor of pharaoh in egypt and you're going to rise and be a leader in egypt but hey guess what there's going to be another change of plans because you're going to murder somebody moses You're going to flee Egypt and you're going to wander for 40 years and you're going to find a man named Jethro and he's going to be your new father-in-law. There's a change of plans and you're going to be a shepherd. You're going to go from shepherding or leading an entire nation to shepherding a couple hundred sheep. In that moment, I'm going to encounter you and I'm going to change your plans again. And I'm going to tell you to go back to Pharaoh and say, Pharaoh, change your plans. Set my people free. Let them go. Hey, Abraham, there's been a change of plans, man. I've called you to be the father of all people for the rest of time. I need you to leave everything you know and leave the land, leave your family, leave your job. I have an inheritance for you that's as big as the stars. Oh, hey, Joseph, I know your mom made you a coat of pretty colors. And I know that you think you're all cute and you're all that. But guess what? You're going to be in prison for a long time. But I'm going to change the plans of you being prisoner. I'm going to turn you from prisoner to prince because that's my purpose. But I need you to submit to my plan. And I'm going to have you lead. And you're going to save your own family. You're going to serve your own family. Hey, David, I know that right now you just think you're going to grow up and watch your dad's sheep and just hang out and smell like sheep the rest of your life. But I'm going to change your plans. I'm going to make you king of Israel. And guess what? You're going to be one day serving your brothers and you're going to bring them some McDonald's because they're hungry and they're fighting. And you're going to see this guy named Goliath. And guess what? I changed your plans one day with the bear. I changed your plan one day with a lion. And I'm going to change your plan again with the name Goliath. But I have a purpose in the change of plans. Hey, Jesus. Jesus was not plan B. The Bible says from the foundation of the world that he, the Lamb of God was slain. Planned for imperfection, God planned for imperfection by sending the perfect one that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. The imperfect receives perfection because the perfect put on imperfection in exchange. And the enemy said, he got him, I got him, he's dead. And Jesus said, there's been a change of plans. I have the keys of death, I have the keys of hell, and I have the keys of the grave. And Satan, guess what, there's a change of plans. This is a movement now. And then in the book of Acts, there's been a change of plans. It's gonna go from 12 to 150 to 3000 and it's gonna be unstoppable. All we have to do is respond the way Mary did. It's hard. It's not easy. Well, Trent, this is just a sermon. You just up there. You just got your words. You're trying to make me feel good. I'm not trying to make you feel good. I'm trying to tell you this is how God does it. But when when is it appropriate for a pastor to preach this unless it's a moment like this? This is why we don't hear sermons like this. No one's going to say, hey, church, it's better to change the plans and then not change plans. That's weird. So we have to link up together. We gotta look each other in the eye and go, hey, I'm confused just as much as you are. I'm disturbed just as much as you are, but I bet you with everything I got, which isn't a lot, that if we transition our emotions and our energy and our effort from confusion and disturbance to serving God and serving people, I bet we get through this, okay? I bet if we serve each other and hold each other and say, you know what, this is weird. I don't understand it. Trent doesn't understand it all. The guy who understands us the best in the room is my dad. He just, he's like, oh yeah, I saw this like eight years ago. Thanks, dad. You make me feel better. Anyways, it's like, how are we gonna do this one? How are we gonna apply this one? You gotta have the guts to look at the person next to you and go, I'm disturbed. I'm disturbed. And I'm confused. I'm going to choose to serve. I'm going to choose to serve. And we'll have the rest of eternity to go, God, what would you do with those short 10 months? Why? But I think 30, 20 years from now, we'll see what happens in the Treasure Valley and we'll go, I think I now know God's purpose. I think I now know what God was doing in my life, what God was doing in their life, and here we are impacting the city in a way we never thought we would. So we gotta serve. We gotta serve each other. We gotta ask each other tough questions. How you doing? Are you okay? Are you in pain? So am I. Let's talk. It's all in bounds. You can be mad on Monday, and terrific on Tuesday and weeping on Wednesday. and I don't have any more for Thursday. But every day is a different emotion and every day is something new. We just got to go back and go, Mary, get me through this. This happened to you? Get me through this one. Get me through this moment. Amen? Can I share some practicals with you on how we're going to do this? The... uh The final Nova Church worship experience will be October 23rd. And we'll meet here. We're going to party. We're going to worship hard. I'm going to preach hard. We're going to look at each other in the eye. We're going to go, here we go. We're going to pray for each other. You'll leave built up and encouraged, I promise you. Between now and then, I want us to have an excellent spirit. I want us to have excellent relationships have excellent worship, excellent giving excellent prayer excellent community and every week just come knowing okay I don't gotta pray for change the plan has changed Lord I'm here and I'm a servant amen can I pray for you Father, I thank you so much for your grace. I thank you so much that uh, this is so you. I couldn't have done this. Dad couldn't have done this. This is you. And Lord, I pray that right now we would rally as a community over the love of Jesus. Lord, no one here is in trouble. No one here is in the wrong. We're here to respond like Mary. And God, I pray that you would give us mercy and that you would give us grace to transfer, to change, to transition from disturbed and confused to a servant's heart. That's the only way that's going to get us through this one. There's too much love in this room. There's too much power in this room. There's too much potential in this room. There's too much anointing in this room. So God, today, we just pin our ears back and we just declare today we're servants. Just go and do this. Just put your hand on your heart if you feel comfortable. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer and just, just tell God that you're here to serve Him. God, we're here to serve you. God, we're here to submit to you. Jesus, help me through this. Jesus, give me wisdom and clarity. Lord, I pray discernment in conversation. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't shy back or hide, but Lord, we would press in and we would lean into community today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You okay? I think we can get through this. I think we can. And I think 10 years from now, when someone has a birthday, Jason and Melissa have another baby. (laughs) Uh, It's prophetic. Shondai Bobo. Uh, We'll celebrate. Let's celebrate progress. Can we celebrate progress together? This is such a beautiful metaphorical picture of pregnancy. You know, like you celebrate so much progress when you're pregnant. When you get a sonogram, you're like, oh, it looks just like you. It's like, no, it looks like Plato. Right? But we celebrate progress right? And then when, when your baby mumbles, it's like, remember, you're like, it says dada. It didn't say dada. You switched it to dada. But we'll celebrate with you because it's progress. Your kid didn't say a sentence. Just mumbled. You turned into mom. But we'll celebrate with you because it's progress. Let's celebrate with each other. Let's make a vow. Let's make a covenant together to celebrate with each other in a season of progress. Amen? Amen. I love you guys so much. You need to know that with all my heart. And I'm going to put so much energy and effort and prayer into every single Sunday. And I guarantee you, you will leave more pumped up and more excited than you have any other sermon. If, if, if you like it. Amen. All right. I love you guys so much. Have a good week. We're going to be hanging out here for a few more minutes. Um, yeah, this is the new room. Yeah.